Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. We are here once again in Podcastville. Um, not to be confused with uh, uh, Dr. What's that Dr. Pepper commercial, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. You're the, doctor, you're the, you're the pepper guy. Over. You're the pepper huh? guy. Those Dr. Pepper commercials that are on now. But you're also the guy with the memory problems a little bit more than mine, so. <laughs> oh, it's it's called Fansville. That's oh, Fansville. It. Yeah, right. They're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but but I still find myself laughing at them. That's well, this the thing. Is pod, yeah. This is Podcastville here, uh, Growing <laughs> in Grace. And Joel, uh, you know, some news to to pass along. Of course, we've been we've been accessible through all kinds of different avenues with the podcast. Maybe most recently, uh, iHeartRadio. Yeah, correct. Right. Yeah. It's I finally. I mean, not to spend much time on this, but quite some time ago, I submitted the podcast to iHeartRadio. Never heard back. Never heard back. I kept searching the the app. Kept searching the website for our podcast nothing so finally at the time of this recording anyway a couple weeks ago or so i submitted it again and took about a week week and a half and so uh since the around the um, beginning of december uh it's been available on iHeartRadio. so if you like listening to your podcasts which iHeartRadio now they claim they're the number one app for podcasts uh you can listen there excellent um, growingingrace.org. All of the par- uh, podcasts are listed there as of now, anyway, while we're recording this. I don't know if that will ever get shrunk down or not, but uh, they are there for the taking. And we have a lot of people who correspond with us to say they, they started back at the beginning and they're, uh, they're just so, um, I don't know if hungry is the word, Joel, but they're just seeking more good news uh, about the gospel that maybe they missed out on through various uh, church sources and different things. So they are there for you. We, we started talking about the book of Hebrews last week, and we're going to do a little hopscotching here just a little bit through uh, the, the first chapters of the book, not to uh, undermine the beginning of the book of Hebrews. It's just that for our purposes here and what we're trying to, to get to, um, there's some foundation laid in those beginning chapters. We're just not going to spend a lot of time on them on our, our short podcast, but we might point out some nuggets and highlights that will help get us to the place where we can spend a little more time talking about these extreme differences between the Old Covenant and the New. But really, that's what the writer of, of Hebrews is doing with uh, with his Jewish audience, is he is explaining some things, laying this foundation. It's, it's kind of like, Joel, my, my grandparents used to live on a street, uh, a paved street, with a, a pretty sharp incline. In other words, they, they were kind of toward the bottom of the hill on that street, and you could go up to the top, and they had this old wagon. I'm dating myself here now. I had a wagon in my house, and it had rubber wheels, but they had an old wagon like it was handmade by somebody, and it had these iron cast wheels on them, <laughs> iron <laughs> or steel or whatever they were. And we, me and my brother would get in that thing, and we would start start at the top of that hill in that wagon, and we would try and roll down and make the turn into the driveway. And we were flying. And yeah, quite often we spilled, 
And there was a parking lot next to their driveway with rocks and we'd get up all scraped and bloody knees and everything, but we'd get right back in there and go do it again. (laughs) The the writer of Hebrews here, he's going up the hill here in the first few chapters and he's about, you know, once he starts getting into three and four, you'll slowly start to go down the hill and pick up speed toward the new covenant. But, um, so looking, uh, you know, just looking at the, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter two, we talked a little bit about Hebrews chapter one and, and in chapter one, something that we really try to touch on it mostly at the beginning of the chapter, but it's also mentioned toward the end is that Jesus is the son. He's the son. He didn't call any other angel or any other created being a, a son in, in the way that we think of, uh, Jesus, the son of God. And so this foundation was laid about God no longer speaking to the people through prophets, through the law, through those kinds of things that were part of the old covenant. He's now speaking to us through his son. And that's why Jesus, I think, told his disciples before he left, shortly before his, his crucifixion, he said, I'm, I'm about to go, but I'm going to provide you with somebody who is going to help you, the spirit of God, and he will live in you. And, and so we we have this going on here now, and I I don't want to under uh, I don't want to undersell the Bible. You know from listening to us for 15 years how much stock we put into the scriptures, but I, I think sometimes in in religious circles, the the Bible the writings get elevated above the person to whom the writings point to, and so mm-hmm. even even if we're going to say, well, God speaks to us through the Bible now, I, I don't even think I would go that far anymore. Uh, yes, I, as we mentioned last week, God can speak to us in many different ways, through many different methods. Uh, we can find that through the Bible, we find that out, but to just think that God speaks through writings when we have a living spirit in us, I, I think underestimates the the, the, the gifts that have been given to us through a, a living God who we abide in and who abides in us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we use the we use these scriptures which in and of themselves are not life, but we use them to find out about the Son. They are pointing to the Son, Jesus Christ. And like you say, this there are several a few chapters here, what what we know as chapters, in which a foundation is being set. He's going up a hill, and so to speak, and then he kind of, you know, gets going when he goes down the hill. And we'll, so we'll get into that. And and as kind of a as part of the lead-in here, I love what chapter two says. The beginning of chapter two again, not to discount anything of what is said in the first few chapters of of Hebrews, but where we're heading, what we the things that we want to highlight, we're leading up to that. Because what we want to highlight, we feel, is is very, very important. It it has to do with, like I talked about last week, people not knowing the difference between the two covenants, which is so very important. And then they have a wrong view of what life in Christ is about. And so in chapter 2, it says, uh, For if the word spoken, this is chapter 2, verse 2, If the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. So the word if, if... Every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? I mean, I just wanted to highlight that part there. The uh, writer of Hebrews is talking about salvation that came through the Son. Salvation that couldn't be obtained through what, what he later talks about, the blood of bulls and goats, forgiveness, the remission of sins. Nothing could be obtained through the law. 
the law could not provide those things. The only thing that the law could provide was every transgression and disobedience receiving a just reward. And ultimately, the wages of sin, as Paul says in Romans, is death. And so (laughs) the just reward for all of our transgressions and disobedience is death. So if, if every transgression or disobedience is going to receive a just reward, we need something to help us. We need salvation. We need to be saved from that. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And so in this epistle, he goes on to tell his uh, Jewish brethren here, like you were saying, these believers, telling them all about this thing. They have been immersed for centuries in the law and in the the high priest system, uh, the Levite system, where they would go in and, and sacrifice the blood of bulls and goats for the sins of the people. But then, like I said, they had to do this over and over and over again. They had to continually do it. Jesus himself sat down when he had provided his offering for sin. And so that is how we, we are able to not receive just reward for every transgression and disobedience. It's because of the salvation that has come through the Son, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was the reward back under the Old Covenant. The reward was punishment. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. That, that was your, here's your reward. Poof, you're out of here. But yeah, so he goes on there at the end of uh, chapter 2. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to bondage or slavery all of their lifetimes. And so you got people today who are, are still wrestling with that, the fear of death, which Jesus came to set people free from because he took away the, the one who had the power of death, the devil. For assuredly, verse 16 of chapter 2, he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendant of Abraham. Therefore, we have that therefore again, he had to be made like his brethren, Jesus, had to be made like his brethren in all things so that he might become, get this now, so that, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is also able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. So this is uh, pretty awesome stuff about the priesthood of Jesus. He's going to talk more about this. We'll talk more about this. But it's important to keep some of these things in mind so that when we get to them, we, again, it, it just kind of uh, points out the foundation that's being laid here before the wagon starts picking up more steam as it goes down the hill in, in later chapters where he really starts to spell some things out. But you know how it is sometimes, especially when you're writing, you want to lay a foundation for something. That's why just getting the headline or just reading a verse here and there, it doesn't always tell the whole story. So this is kind of going to start picking up a, a little bit. We'll probably get into Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 in the next program and then move on from there. And like we said before, it's, it's, it's really probably around chapter 6 through 10 where things start to, to heat up even more, uh, 7 through 10, uh, regarding the, the covenant, the priesthood. Uh, I just think it's interesting that, that the writer mentions priesthood early on, and he's going to explain the priesthood later on in the book of Hebrews, Joel. Yeah, and, and to me, that used to be kind of 
you know, boring stuff of like priesthood and it's just all boring. But <laughs> I came to find out again, really, in some of our past podcasts where we've talked about Hebrews and I remember years ago, Cap, as we wrap up here for this week anyway, we had a small group. You had a small group at your house. And this is years ago when we were still kind of new <laughs> in in learning about grace. And we kind of attempted to do a small group based upon the book of Hebrews. And I just remember there was so much at that time that I didn't understand. You know, the a book of Hebrews seemed like such a a lofty and an epistle that I couldn't understand. But really, when we started going through, you and I, you know, chapters 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and I understood what he was saying, and then went back to, and to, you know, to looking at chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, I began to understand, and it just really uh, exploded in my heart. It was just really, really wonderful stuff. And so that's why we're spending some time on these uh, early chapters then, and then getting to the crux of what we'll get to as the weeks go by here on the on the podcast so more to come on this excellent wonderful better ministry better covenant that we have with jesus christ the son and his uh, superior sacrifice all of that stuff we'll be talking about that in the weeks to come so stay right here growing in grace at growingingrace.org this has been growing in grace with mike kapler and joel brzezinski Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.